to the point where grain was cheaper and they had to find other professions that you couldn't have all these little mom and pop farms anymore and that trying to have inflation wasn't, wouldn't, even if they got what they wanted it wouldn't have helped because the prices they would have had to pay for what they bought would have been raised as well so they would have been, would not have been helped. Yes. Well, in my own case, when I first studied and bumped into the name of uh, William Jennings Bryan, I was very, very critical about him. But then I, I uh, read his biography and uh, various stories about him, and he became a more sympathetic figure. So I have very mixed feelings about this. Uh, but one thing is clear, he was not knowledgeable about money and about um, economics. His knowledge was rather superficial. But as a, as a person, as an individual, he had appealing qualities, sympathetic. Well, he was also very famous for the Scopes Monkey Trial. Where you know, the, the creationists? Yeah, they were teaching um, evolution. There was a, the biology teacher was teaching evolution. If I remember, this is also 30 years ago. But I think there was a biology teacher teaching evolution in a school south of the Mason-Dixon line, getting back to the Civil War, and that was against the law. Yeah. So there was a trial, and he was the high-powered lawyer from New York who came in to represent the biology teacher, and he won the trial, if I recall. Yeah. And so for that, I consider him a good guy. This creationism <laughs> nonsense is, is bad news. What yeah. was it called? The monkey trial? Scopes monkey trial. And I, don't, okay. I don't remember the historical uh, allegory as to why it was called Scopes monkey trial. I guess, well, because, because the biology teacher was teaching that we're descended from monkeys or apes. Mm. And to the, to the creationist mindset, this was offensive. Ben? But don't we have evidence that both of these men got disillusioned with what they thought was right before William Jennings Bryan quitting his job after Versailles negotiations? And Woodrow Wilson, there's the quote after his presidency where he said basically, I've unwillingly enslaved a free country and put the power into the hands of a few. Mm -hmm. Did you? Were you aware of this, Professor? Uh, could you? William Jennings Bryan and Woodrow, Woodrow regretted what they had uh, done uh, uh, after Versailles was signed. Well, William Jennings Bryan quit his job mm. during the Versailles negotiations mm. and he was pretty vocal about that this was disgusting and, and he couldn't go on in this administration and Woodrow Wilson then after his presidency regretted and is this specifically the Federal Reserve that they regretted? No, I, I think mean, there's a quote that Jennings Bryan did not specifically about the Federal Reserve. Woodrow Wilson was talking specifically about I, the Federal Reserve. Yeah, I think, I think he, he, Wilson specifically referred to the Federal Reserve and mm. had some sort of regret. No, a very specific regret. Yes. I've unwillingly enslaved the free people. Were you aware of that, Professor? Um, whatever I learned about this is that uh, Woodrow Wilson 
he considered his own career as a failure, and and it was in a way, wasn't it? He was uh, on the winning side in World War One, and came home because he went in person to Versailles, the peace uh, <laughs> negotiation, and. Uh, brought home a proposal and then the Senate wouldn't accept it, in, including the League of Nations, you see, and some other things. So he became a bitter man and uh, I think he considered his own uh, career as a failure. And it was, it was. Uh, now, uh, you know, he was a professor. In fact, he was the president of Princeton University, one of the most prestigious universities in the country. And he abandoned his chair at the university to uh, uh, join politics. And I think you can see that almost in every category he was a failure. Certainly the Federal Reserve Act, which is nowadays very directly attacked by a lot of people. I'm a little bit more cautious than Ron Paul. I would also be very happy to see the Federal Reserve abolished and Ron Paul published a book with the title And the Fed. Uh, you see? And uh, actually, it has been translated into German, right? Yes. Recently. And, and that's the only book. Paul has several books. Does everybody know who Ron Paul is? Yes. The, uh, he's running. He announced his <coughs> candidacy for the president, next year's presidential election. And uh, that would be marvelous if he got uh, elected. Unfortunately, it's a long shot. And uh, I'm not very, not, not very uh, optimistic about it. But he has written several books, and uh, only one, to my knowledge, has been translated into German. I'm a little bit more cautious about, the, uh, you know, a summary uh, dismissal of the Fed because it didn't start out like the engine of inflation. It's, not, it's simply not true. The Federal Reserve Act of 1913 was not all bad, but we are not going to go into that. I just mentioned my own position. I'm <coughs> I'm willing to admit that, uh, for instance, it was on the basis of the real bills doctrine, federalism, and, and it uh, just so happened that uh, the war broke out within uh, half a year from the signing of the Federal Reserve Act, and uh, then here is Wilson's very big mistake. I think it was he, Woodrow Wilson, the president, 
who wanted to finance the Allied side of the war. Now this was violation first of the Neutrality Act, you know, it was not supposed to take sides. And, and number two, violation of the Federal Reserve Law, because what happened was that the Federal Reserve Law, the Federal Reserve Banks opened their door for business sometime about almost to the day when World War I started. And they were supposed to build up their assets, which should have been real built, short-term credit for consumer goods on the way from the producer to the consumer. And they didn't even look for customers, they just started, and that was done stealthily, not in public. And uh, even today I don't think they acknowledged the responsibility of Woodrow Wilson to start these new banks, 12 new banks across the country, buying government bonds, which meant loans going to the Allied powers, France, Britain, and the rest of the world. This, this was a very uh, underhanded and illegal activity. And then there is another thing about Woodrow Wilson, his involvement in uh, declaring war on Germany. Uh, that was years later, I think 1917, and it had to do with the unrestricted submarine warfare which Germany declared against the Allies. Now you see Germany and uh, the Central Powers were put under blockade by the British. British warships uh, prevented imports to Germany. And that was all right. But when Germany <laughs> retaliated by declaring unrestricted U-boat warfare against the Allies, then, uh, you know, uh, Wilson was up in arms. Wasn't the U-boat World War II? Hmm? No. no. Sorry? Never mind. And, uh, and then there was this Lusitana, 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 Lusitania, Lusitania, that was a passenger ship on the run between uh, New York and uh, Le Havre, between Europe and America. And 
the uh, German embassy in Washington, because that was before the war, uh, state of war existed between the two, so there was an embassy in Washington, German embassy, uh, wanted to put advertisements in American newspapers in the major cities all across America. And, uh, and most of these papers, newspapers, refused to run the ad. And the ad simply said that uh, the German embassy is warning uh, prospective passengers on the Lusitania, that was before the boat sailed, that under the terms of the unrestricted uh, U-boat campaign, uh, it could be a target, so they are risking perhaps their own lives. Uh, this was the message which these newspaper ads uh, would have carried. And mysteriously, the, most of the newspapers, the sun got through. I'm not saying that none of these advertisements appeared. Some, a few, got through. But the great majority of them was never published. Now, how do you explain that? Why, why were the Germans allowed to sink a passenger ship? Oh, because they suspected, uh, with some reason, that uh, they carried uh, uh, arm, arm, armed forces, armament, right. uh, munitions. Ah, you see? Uh. So under the cover of being a uh, passenger ship, passenger ship, they could send ammunition to the Allied powers. Uh, but there are several books have been written on that, and uh, and uh, they documented this uh, somehow. I don't know uh, that uh, this was actually the case. I mean, the Germans didn't just enjoy sinking passenger ships for its own sake. No, there was some military reason such as this. And uh, as I say, the, uh, the, uh, the theory is that uh, Wilson wanted to join the war on the uh, uh, side of the Allies so badly that he, through his various strings, uh, applied his influence on the newspapers not to carry certain ads. Sounds incredible, but that's, a, that's the theory, that uh, using various ways of persuading the newspapers of the country, uh, they, these uh, advertisements, which could have saved lives, 
of Americans were never published. I think this is a bad, a bad thing. I mean, the president trying to uh, frustrate an effort to save civilian lives. Uh, oh, by the way, why was it that, uh, yeah, uh, Wilson was frustrated in his effort to involve the United States in the war on the side of the Allies. Uh, because the country, by and large, was neutral. Certainly were not anxious, people were not anxious to uh, join the war, which was really a very devastating war up to that point. There was not so much bloodshed. And that partly had to do with the fact that the United States had a large section of the population of German origin. And uh, people were not happy about the prospect of getting involved in the war. So what Wilson needed was a pretext or an excuse to declare war. And he wanted, he wanted the Lusitania to be sunk because that would change the uh, feeling of the country. They would accept that really the United States had to get involved in the war. And uh, so he, uh, he was happy that the Lusitania was sunk. And unfortunately, apparently, the, the history repeated itself uh, in uh, 1942, right? When uh, the Japanese... Uh, 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 Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor and actually destroyed a whole fleet uh, and uh, it seems clear but really you have to know more about this as an expert but, uh, quite a few books appeared which suggest that uh, President Roosevelt had advanced knowledge of this plan attack, unprovoked attack on Pearl Harbor. <clears throat> and uh, he prevented the uh, uh, commander-in-chief in Pearl Harbor to be notified. They broke the Japanese uh, code where, from which they knew the date and the direction and so on of these bombers to approach uh, 
Pearl Harbor. And the information was not passed on to the commander in Pearl Harbor, which is really a terrible thing for the president to do. To, I don't know how many, but more than a thousand <coughs> young men, sailors, were lost because they uh, should have been ordered to the shore and they were in inside of those, those boats which were hit and sunk. So a lot of, a lot of sailors died. And uh, to imagine that your president could have prevented your death, and he didn't. In fact, he encouraged, in a way, the Japanese to make that attack. It's, it's a terrible thing. But we are really off the, the target, so let's, oh, five o'clock. But if there are more questions, uh, yeah. Really? I have a question about the Resumption Act. About? The Resumption Act. Oh, yeah. I find it uh, incredible that uh, such an act announcing that there's a return to redeemable money uh, and giving the date in four years' time when this is going to happen. Um, I'd like to know what you think is the likelihood of anything like that happening again. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't see any likelihood. Because, because um, I, I presume that you, you believe that we will one day return to redeemable money. Yes. And so, you know, my question is, if not that way, which I agree is incredibly unlikely, how? Uh, it, it would be announced uh, overnight, right? Or not four years in yeah. advance. Um, I really think it's so hopeless that through natural development, they, the powers that be would realize that this is inevitable. I, I think that before a lot of suffering, a lot of economic pain, which the country would suffer, and as a consequence, uh, what I said earlier, blood would flow on the streets and there would be a total uh, breakdown of law and order, that I, uh, my, my full thinking has changed very recently. Now I think that it's more, far more realistic to say that it's not the gold standard we want. We want a hybrid, hybrid monetary standard. And in terms of the European situation, let's uh, say that the danger is that the euro breaks down, uh, the centrifugal forces overwhelm the system, Greece will go, Italy will go, Spain will go, and so on, and uh, this will be the end of the euro. Uh, so. 
this is something to be prevented because that would be a, a terrible chaos in the European markets if this happened. And it would, could happen very quickly. First Greece goes and then in very short order other countries would follow. I, I think this should be prevented. And one way of preventing it is, I, I gave a special lecture on that earlier, I think the second day, that uh, if the leaders of the European Union got together and agreed that they have to prevent this from happening, then bailing out countries and banks and this and that is not the way to go because it's like an endless sinkhole, you know, a red hole. But what they could do, and with a very high degree of success, is I describe it as the revival of the Latin Monetary Union. And, uh, and the result would be that they would take all the gold from the central bank vault and put it into circulation. And this would end uh, enough liquidity to the system that the government that can, could be refinanced in terms of gold bonds and the banking system could be saved, which in my view presently is insolvent, it's finished, it's, there's no way it could outgrow of its difficulties. The situation is so advanced, the rot is so advanced that the banks, and that's not just in uh, Europe, but also in the United States. And in Japan. Uh, hmm? And in Japan. Oh, oh Japan. The Japanese banks are zombies for decades. Yeah living corpses. It's just the government, in fact, you could say the government has nationalized the banking system. It's, it, they are no longer uh, viable banks. Uh, so this is a world uh, phenomenon and in fact this shows that the end will be pretty bad because uh, previously it could be that one bank goes bankrupt here and then a little bit of quiet and another bank and then another. But it never happened that the whole world, every single bank, or, or the big banks anyhow, go bankrupt and become insolvent. So we can't even imagine what would happen under this. But this is coming, you know? because they are already insolvent, it's just that this uh, information is being kept secret by the government. To the extent that uh, bank inspectors are uh, instructed to uh, uh, turn their blind eye. 
the other way uh, when they see that here is a bank which overstates its assets and understates its liabilities, which is so widespread now. And uh, the bank inspectors will not uh, will not point this out and make it public and so on. This is what's going on right now. So, any more? Yes. The creation of the Fed, 1913. Were there any provisions to? about how they handle any potential profits, because when they are profitable, they have huge profits from their operations or their losses. And if there are profits, who takes them? Do they go back to the 12 regional heads and then? Yes. Um, according to the charter, uh, the shareholders of the Fed are individual banks. So that's private, okay? These are the, and, and they subscribe the capital of the Fed and got a fixed return of 6% per annum. That's, that was fixed in 1913 and has been kept at that level all through. So when a lot of people make the point that it's uh, it's, uh, it's a private uh, uh, cartel. Cartel? Cartel. You know, I mean, uh, I don't think That's anybody it. will. Just change the battery. proposition to become, uh, I mean, 6% is ridiculous. You can make a lot more if you're an independent bank. So that's not the key. The key is how the undivided